up, guys. I think we'll keep y'all. Y'all can be seated. Well, good morning. Everybody well? You look well? Tell your neighbor, you look sharp today. Yeah, looking good, looking good. Yeah. Welcome to, yeah, welcome to church. No better place to be. Yeah, yeah. You see somebody you don't know? Wave to them. Make some new friends. What's that song? You probably could sing it for me. A Barney song, Make a Friend. You don't want to? Okay. Yeah, he likes to sing those little Barney songs. So, yeah. It's good to be here. Good to be here. Y'all must have done something wrong, though. Keith sent me here. No, I'm just kidding. Third string, y'all got, y'all got to be doing something wrong, I'm telling you. Something, something, something. No, it's good. It's good to be here. Good to be here. I left him down in Florida with my puppies. I told him he had to babysit. He's doing a good job. Yeah, no. <laughs> Not his thing. God's good. The church there is growing. It's doing really, really well. People are getting in their places. It's a good thing to be doing what God tells you to do. It's a good thing. So uh, we're all getting in our places. Y'all getting in your places, right? Okay, good. Just wanted to check. Well, this morning I had something on my heart. And um, uh, I know everybody thinks that services are supposed to be the same, but they're not. That's just Keith's idea. <laughs> he told me to do whatever I wanted to, so that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so y'all want to go home? Oh. oh, so, uh, no, it's good to be in church. I love God. Do y'all love God? God's, God is the most valuable thing that we have, you know. I mean, without him, we don't have our next breath. And um, I wanted to talk about some of those things. I wanted to talk about our honoring him and how we do that. And uh, I think you all know this verse, um, for them that honor me. I will honor. But I want to talk to you about it from a little bit different aspect. Not just about us honoring him, but when we do it, then he is able to honor us. When we do honor him, then it gives him an open door and a channel to be able to honor us. And you know, that's his greatest joy, is to be able to do things for us. He loves doing things for us. And, you know, in all the years that we've been serving him, it's like you wake up every day and you see the new things he's doing for you and the new things he's provided for you and the new things. It's like you can't keep up with him. I think that's been the greatest thing for Keith and I is every day we wake up and it's like something new we're supposed to do and how do we keep up? And do we have enough people to do it? And do we have enough money to do it? And do we have enough things to do it? It's like, okay, God, how fast do we run today? And that's, you know, that's an honoring thing because he trusts you to be able to do these things. And that's what he wants to do with all of us. He wants to be able to do these things with us. So if you would look with me at Isaiah 29, verse 13 in the King James. It says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. They honor me with their lips, but not with their heart, that says. And there's a fear towards me that's taught to them by men. Let's read it out of the Amplified now. It says, 
And the Lord says, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but remove their heart and mind from me, and their fear and reverence for me are a commandment of men that is learned by repetition without any thought as to the meaning of it. I was thinking about myself as I was reading this, and I thought, you know, even Friday night when I came in here, y'all like to hear stories about me, don't you? Me tattling on me. I came in Friday night, you know, and I hadn't been here for a little bit, and it's not a good thing sometimes, you know, but it's part of my job to make sure that everything runs properly. You know, that's part of my job. And when I walked in, I saw this, and I saw this, and I saw this, and I saw this. And then I walked out here, and I saw several things. And instead of me, when I, by the time I got out here, of course, praise and worship was already going. And instead of me shutting all that off and getting into praise and worship... I started telling Dave all the things that were wrong. And not only did I interrupt my own praise and worship, but I interrupted him praise and worshiping. Now, I don't know about you, but most people don't spend an enormous amount of time at home praising and worshiping God. I mean, it's not like they set aside... 15 minutes every day and turn on their music and lift their hands and start praising and worshiping God. It would be awesome if they did. It would be a grand and glorious thing if every person woke up every morning and had their, their Faith Life Church soundtrack and they turned it on and they just spent their time in the morning and that's the way they started their day, praising and worshiping God. But you know they don't. They get up and they kick their toys and they kick their this and they turn their coffee pot on and, you know, they go about their day. So the 15 minutes that we all do have praising, worshiping God, our minds are going boing, 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 boing. And probably we actually get maybe what? 30 seconds of actual time. that something else isn't going through our minds that we're worshiping the Lord? And isn't that sad? For all the things that He's done for us, for all the things that He's given us, for all the ways that He helps us, for everything that He provides for us, He says, Worship me with your heart for just a few minutes. And even during that time, we can't keep our minds on him. Susan, how long does praise and worship usually last? Fifteen minutes or so. For fifteen minutes a week. Don't, don't, is it just me or don't you find that sad? I mean, the devil is there to, to say, what are you going to have for dinner? What's the kids doing? What are we, how are we going to pay this? Where are we going to go next week? What are we going to do? I mean, does he do that to your mind or is it just me? I'm that carnal, right? <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's a challenge sometimes to take your mind and grab hold to it and make your mind shut down for 15 minutes just to worship him. But I think he deserves it. And I think we need to figure out that we've got to fight that battle and find the way to spend the time worshiping Him and honoring Him so that He can honor us. And I think it's the devil's game. I think it's what he's planned to do to keep us from honoring the Lord in any way so that He can keep Him from honoring us. 
It's his way. It's what he does. He'll put anything he can in our path to keep us from honoring God. And that's what he does. Because he knows if we honor God, God keeps his word to honor us. So he puts thoughts, and he puts feelings, and he puts eye problems, or he puts this, or he puts that, to stop us from being able to focus on the Lord. Don't you wish you could just sometimes get those mule blinders that they put on horses and that you couldn't see anything except for straight ahead and you could just see the Lord during that 15 minutes or whatever it was and it could just shut off everything else in your mind? Like just the Holy Ghost would just take control of you for that 15 minutes and make you praise Him. Well, He ain't. He gave us a free will because He wanted us to do it out of our own free will. He wanted us to choose to shut everything else off and do it because we honor Him. He wanted us to choose to make the choice that we love Him more than we love anything else that's going on. More than we love the thought of what we're going to do about paying that bill or what we're going to do about that pain in our body or what we're going to do about the troubles in our marriage or what we're going to do about the problems that our kids stole this and we've got to get them out of jail or they're doing drugs or, or whatever the situation is. He wants us to shut all that off and just worship Him. Amen. And 15 minutes a week sometimes isn't too much to ask. But the devil knows that if you do it and you honor God, he's going to keep his word and honor you. So he has a plan to make you think about everything else. So you've got to immediately... Every time that that starts in your mind and you're worshiping the Lord, whether it's at home or here or wherever it is, you've got to do what the Word says and cast down those thoughts and bring them into captivity and begin to worship the Lord again and begin to praise Him again and keep your mind. It doesn't matter. There's one man, I'm telling you what, that has powers of focus and concentration like you would not believe. It's my husband. There can be a service and things can be going on. I don't care what's going on and he's speaking. And you can be having somebody that's painting their fingernails right here on the front row and somebody else that's clipping theirs right here and somebody else that's reading something here and somebody else that's slithering on the floor here and somebody else that's got a baby that's, you know, they're doing something here. Makes him not one bit of difference. He's going to focus on what he's doing. And when it comes to God... If we're reading our chapter, we're, we're focused on the Word. Uh, I'm telling you what, I am so thankful that by him and Brother Hagen, I have been trained that way. When we're reading our Bibles, it doesn't matter if somebody knocks at the door. It doesn't matter if a phone rings. It doesn't matter if somebody is uh, trying to get our attention. It doesn't matter if the dog jumps up and licks your face. You ignore it. Because God is first. And the respect of the word is first. And God and his things are first. And his word and him matters. And it's an honor for the things of God. But what about when you read your chapter? What all's going on when you read your chapter? Do you take the time to set aside everything else that's going on and turn off your phone and turn off the TV and turn off the this? How long does it take? Five minutes? Unless the chapter 7, it's got 70 verses or something? (laughs) And honor him. Does he deserve 10 minutes of your day? Does he deserve 10 minutes of our undivided attention without us thinking, oh, i got to get this call, it's real important? Is it? No. 
Is it more important than you hearing from God for what else is going on in your life? We want God to give us the answers that we're desiring. We want Him to be there to be our healer. We want Him to be there to be our counselor. We want Him to be there to be our provider. We want Him to be there to be our safety net. We want Him to be there to be our protector. But we can't give Him ten minutes to honor Him undivided. How are we actually honoring Him then? How do we actually show our honor for Him? What are ways that we're actually honoring Him? We just say, I honor you, Lord. That means we're doing it with our lips and not with our heart. We have to do natural things that, that puts actions to our words. And when it comes to things of God, when you're actually doing things of God, you've got to put everything else aside and say, this is God's. This is the things of God. And I've got to put a focus on Him right now. Thank you. I'll get with you in just a minute. I know Keith tells the story about this, and he's told it to you guys. And you have to look for places to honor and do things. And he learned this. He's told it probably the hard way. Um, Brother Hagin is not God, but it's a good example, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. One day, he was there in the prayer and healing center, and he had a phone call from someone that he thought the ministry would want to, him to deal with. And he was dealing with this phone call. And he was there in his office, and Brother Hagin came in. And Brother Hagin came in, and he sat in a chair right there in his office, right in front of his desk. And Keith kept dealing with this phone call. And he kept talking to this person because he thought it was important. Well, he dealt with the phone call. Brother Hagin got up and left. Amen. After a few minutes, ten minutes, whatever. Brother Hagin got up and left. Was that honoring Brother Hagin? We've lost the sense of honor in our society. We've lost the sense of who gets honor and who doesn't get honor. And it starts with us not honoring God. It starts with us not honoring His Word. And when we do that, the problem with it is God cannot honor us. And so that's why the devil is pushing so hard for it. It's because he doesn't want us honoring God because God in turn cannot turn around and honor us and give us the things that we're believing for and give us the answers that we're believing for and give us the things that our heart's desiring. Because if we don't honor him, he can't honor us. What Keith should have done is hang up that phone and said, "Just I'll, I'll call you back. And saw what his elder was at, wanting at that time. Amen. There's ways for us to honor God. There's ways for us to do things. I told this in first service and you'll laugh at me, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Keith doesn't ask a whole lot of me. I do a lot, but he doesn't ask a whole lot personally of me because he knows I've got a lot of stuff going. But he asked me to do this. He said, Phil, he said, um, how about you cutting back on that work thing again? We're on that work thing again. How about you cutting back to like maybe from 7 in the morning till 7 or 8 at night and then you just cut it off? And you don't be, you know, on your computer and you don't be on the phone and you don't be emailing and you don't be texting and... You just cut it off for a little bit, you know? In other words, and spend some time with me just a little bit. You know? And the respectful and honoring thing to do would have been what? Not just to say it, but to do it. That would have been the thing to do, right? Yeah. But you've never missed it either, right? 
So a few days go by, and uh, we got busy, and I got behind on some emails, and I got so far behind that Karen sent hers three times thinking I didn't get them, I think. Right? Yeah. (laughs) She loves me when I do that. Um, But anyway, I'm laying in my bed at 1130 at night. Guess what I'm doing? Emailing. Answering emails. And he says, hey, Phil. I said, what? You know what time it is? I'm like, no. It's 1130. I'm like, oh, wow. He's like, what you doing? I'm slow sometimes. <laughs> He's like, I thought we talked about that. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I got it. Okay? But you're not that slow, right? <laughs> right? You'd have caught on way ahead of me, right? Got it the first time. Well, there's somebody else that didn't catch on quite that quick. Let's look at him just a minute. It's in Judges. His name happened to be Samson. Do y'all remember him? Number one, he wasn't supposed to be with these Philistine women. He was supposed to be honoring God by not doing one thing. Right? God gave him an ability to do certain things. By not doing one thing, he could keep that ability, right? Anybody know what it was? Not cutting that hair off. So he got with this woman. And let's see what verse it is here. Um, in verse 4, 16, 4. Sometimes, this is the Message Bible. It puts it plain, speaks it kind of fun. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek. Her name was Delilah. The Philistine tyrants approached her and said, Seduce him. Discover what's behind his great strength and how we can tie him up and humble him. Each man's company will give you a hundred shekels of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, dear, the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and humbled. Mm-hmm. Samson told her, If they were to tie me up with seven bowstrings, the kind made from fresh animal tendons, not dried out, then I would become weak and just like anyone else. Why would he tell her that? Why would he even play games with her? Why would he even go down that path? Why would he play with the things of God? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Why would he say, we're not going down that way, hon. Drop it. Right? But he did. He told her. Well, then they came in. They brought the seven bow strings, not dried out, and she tied him up with them. And they were waiting in the room and the Philistines ran to Samson and he snapped all the cords and they were made into mere threads. And the secret of his strength was still what? Secret. And she says, the next verse, you're playing with me and making up stories. Tell me how to tie you up. So, the next verse. He told her, if you were to tie me up with new ropes... So what did, what did he do? He tells her something else. You know the story. He goes in, they tie him up with new ropes, and they snapped. But look at the next verse. I want you to see something. She goes in, says, you're playing games with me. But the next one is what I want you to see in verse 13. He begins to dabble a little bit too close. Why, when somebody has already lied to you twice, not only do you tell them something else, but you tell them something about the area 
that's the issue. He starts talking about his hair now. He brings up his hair. And he says, "Um, tell me how you can be tied up. And he said to her, if you'll weave the seven braids of my hair into fabric. Why is he even talking about his hair? When he knows the danger. Why do we play games with God? Why do we say things with our lips and promise God, make promises to Him about things and turn and do what we know is wrong? How is that honoring to Him? He cannot honor us when we know that we're doing exactly the opposite of what we promised Him we were going to do. And that's what the devil's trying to do. He's constantly bombarding us, just like he's bombarding you in praise and worship to get your mind on something else. And that's why I use that illustration. Just exactly the same way when you're standing here trying to praise and worship him, your mind's going on eating. Your mind's going on what you're going to do next week. Your mind's going on this. Your mind's going on that. Well, it's the same way with other areas of your life. Here comes the devil. Do this. It's not going to be a big deal. Eat this. Has he ever told you if you were trying to go on a diet, if you eat that, it's not going to matter? You can eat that pie. It's not going to matter. Huh? Eat that cake. It doesn't matter. Then immediately after you eat it, what do you feel? Guilty. Immediately. He's always telling you it doesn't matter. But immediately after you do it, what does it do? You're guilty. Why does he do that? Because he doesn't want God to have a chance to be able to honor you in your word. Because what did you do? You put your word on it. I'm not going to eat that. And so the devil is right there to take it away from you. He wants to steal your words from your mouth. He wants to steal things in your honor to God. He's not doing it just to make you feel bad. It's because you put your word on it. And it is your honor and your promise to God. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. So he's trying to steal from you to keep your honor from God to coming back to you. That's why you can't lose the weight, because you didn't keep the word. Not because you didn't, you ate the pie, but it was your words working against you so God couldn't come back and honor you on it. And he's trying to. He's trying to give you all the honor he can. But when we make promises and we don't keep them, then he himself can't honor us in it. We say we're going to do things and we don't do them, then he can't honor us because we didn't do what we said we were going to do. So then what happens to him? He goes on and he says, Puts the, put the fabric in. Well, what happened? Here comes the guys again. You know the story. He knew good and well she was going to do it. And what happens the next night? Nobody knows the story. The very next night, she says, verse 15, How can you say I love you when you won't even trust me? Now, does that sound like the devil or what? How can you say you love me when you won't even trust me? Sounds just like the devil. Said three times now you've toyed with me like a cat and a mouse refusing to tell me the secret of your great strength. And said uh, she kept it all day after day nagging and tormenting him and finally he was fed up with it and he couldn't take it another minute. Does that sound exactly like what the devil does to you? Does he send that picture of that pie or does that picture of that new car or that picture of this or that picture of that? We're not spending any more money till we pay this off. Huh? But every day 
When you go by this place, he sends that picture, somebody to drive past in front of you in that car that you like. Every day he's going to send somebody right past you in front of you in, in that vehicle that you want to buy to tempt you. Every day he's going to tempt you. But you said, we're not buying that car till all of our bills are paid. And then what are they going to do? They're going to move in the house right across the street from you. <laughs> and they're going to say, come over here and look at my new car. I'll even let you drive it. Because that's the way the devil is. He's going to nag you and he's going to harass you and he's going to bombard you from every side that he can. Because that's the way he is. And it is not God's plan that we give in to him. His plan is that we're strong enough on the inside to be able to resist all these things that the devil is throwing at us left and right. But why can't we resist them? Because even the 15 minutes that we're supposed to be honoring Him, our mind is someplace else. Even the 10 minutes that we're supposed to be reading our chapters, we can't give to Him and honor Him. He's not telling us to honor Him to punish us. He's telling us to honor Him to make us strong. To build us up. So that when these things come and the devil, like he was doing to Samson here, he don't have to tell her these things. He knows she's trouble. He knows she's lied to him over and over and over again. But yet and still, he cannot resist her. Why? Because he hadn't honored God. He hadn't been staying away from these Philistine women to start with. And that's what we've got to do. If we want God to be able to help us, when he says, read your chapter, he doesn't mean with the TV going and the radio going and and reading it, driving down the road with 26 other things going. He means to focus on him and give him our undivided attention and honor him for 10 whole minutes out of our day. And is it too much to ask to do that? Because then when this temptation comes, what are we going to be doing? Lord, help me, help me, Lord. Help, 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 help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to resist this temptation. Buying this here car. Because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to lose my house, my wife, my dog if I get this car. That's what's going to happen. We're going to be crying out to him. And we're going to want him to give us the strength on the inside to do it. And he will. He wants to honor us. He's looking for every avenue that that he can get in. Every little creek, every little, I mean, every little slot that he can. But he says, if you honor me, I can honor you. But if you ignore everything I tell you, how can I honor you? If you do everything everybody else is doing, how can I honor you? Is it right? So what happened to him? So here we go. So she kept at it, verse 16, day after day, nagging and tormenting him. And finally he was fed up and he couldn't take it another minute. You ever been there? He spilled his guts. And he told her, a razor has never touched my head. And I've been God's Nazarite from conception. And if I were shaved, my strength would leave. And I, was be, and I would be as helpless as any other mortal. And she changed that moment and loved him and did him no harm. No. No. And the devil's not going to change either because he cares about you. He's going to take you down because we all know Keith read the verse Friday night. If you were here and I, had, I told him, I said, you, you reading my verse. Because when lust has conceived, it brings forth. 
Sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. What happened to him? He died. Wasn't very long after. I mean, he took down a bunch of people with him, but he still died. And that's the devil's plan for us. It's his plan for every one of us. And every person in this room, you can look straight forward and smile as big as you want to, but every person in this room has an area that is a weakness to them or an area like his, if you shave off their hair, there's going to be an area that you have to work on. And if you don't deal with it, it's going to be there. And it's going to bring in sin. And it's going to cause you to die in that area. And we don't want that. We want everybody to be able to be victorious and overcome. But the only way that we can do that is if we honor God. And we give Him everything we have in those times that we honor Him. It's not like we spend 24-7 honoring Him. Right? So we take those times and we give him everything that we've got. We shut off everything else and everybody else. And we say, God, this is your time. This is me and you time. Well, why wouldn't we? He's the greatest counselor. He's the greatest advocate. He's the greatest healer. He's the greatest one to give you the peace that you've been looking for forever. So why wouldn't we just shut everything off and just spend the time with him? He's going to give you everything you need. They can't give it to you. But yet and still, we shut him off to talk to them. Because their phone call or their text or the news is more important than him. And everybody's done it. And I'm not throwing stones, but we want to honor him so that we can get the things that we're believing for. There's a way, there's a path to get them. And we need to get them. Can you say amen? Amen. I know a friend of mine. She's a pretty good friend. The devil just harassed her and tormented her and harassed her. And she finally had an affair with this guy. And he wasn't a Christian. I mean, he pressed her and he pressed her and it, just like what this happened with Delilah. Every day she was working at this business and he came in and, and he was somebody that had to come to the business all the time and he came in and he came in. I mean, he did everything he could to get her. He finally got her. Do you know what he told her five minutes after she fell? And you call yourself a Christian. Now, doesn't that just sound just exactly like the devil? And that's what he does to everybody. He is just looking for you to fall. He don't care that you fall. It's his joy for us to fall because it just gets us out of his way. And that's just the opposite of what God wants for us. He wants to honor us. But the only way he can is if we do what he asks us to do, the way he asks us to do it. When he says, praise me, well, glory to God, we shut everything off and we praise him. Our minds are are totally and completely on him. We're not just doing lip service because everybody around us is doing it. What did he tell the, the Pharisees in about praying vain repetition prayers? He says, pray them from your heart. Uh... I even have this for you. You'll, you probably already know uh, this verse, but it, it's important that we know it in our hearts. It says um, in the Message Bible, John 4:23. But the time is coming. It has, in fact, come when what you're called will not matter, and where you go to worship will not matter. It's who you are and the way you live. That will count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is looking out. 
those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. He wants us, when we're praising and worshiping, looking for the truth. Looking for the answers that we're looking for. He wants us to seek out the way that he's wanting us to do the things. It's just like what I I was telling you about Keith the other night in the bed. I didn't win any points. Do you understand? It wasn't honoring to him for me to do that. Because it's not the first time, as you can imagine, he's asked me to quit working so much. But now, that's my area. What's yours? (laughs) Huh? I'm waiting. I spilled my guts. You see what I'm saying? God wants the truth out of us. He wants us to recognize our area and deal with it so that we can move forward to worship Him in truth so that He can honor us and give us the things that we're believing for. He is a true God and He doesn't lie and He doesn't withhold the things from us. He doesn't keep anything from us. But do you think Keith wanted to bless me right then? You understand what I'm saying? Do you think he wanted to do something super special for me right then when I had ignored exactly what he asked me to do? I mean, and he's loving and he's patient, but I had totally ignored what he asked me to do. And it's the same way with our Father. When we totally ignore what he asked us to do, he, he just cannot just say, oh, go ahead and have it anyway. When we honor him by doing what he asks us to do, he will honor us. Let's go on for just a minute, and I think you'll like this next part. Psalms 50 in the Message Bible. I'm reading a lot out of the message today. Verse 1, and I'm just going to read you a little bit, but I think you'll understand why. The God of angels, the God of gods, it's God, speaks out. He shouts. Earth welcomes the sun in the east and farewells and the disappearing of the sun in the west. From the dazzle of Zion, God blazes into view. Our God makes his entrance. He's not shy in his coming. Starburst of fireworks precede him. He summons heaven and earth as a jury. He's taking his people to court. Round up my saints who swore on the Bible their loyalty to me. The whole cosmos attest to the fairness of this court. And their God is judge. Are you listening, dear people? I'm getting ready to speak. Israel, I'm about to bring you to trial. This is God, your God, speaking to you. I don't find fault in your acts of worship, the frequent burning of sacrifices you offer. But why should I want your blue ribbon bull or more and more goats from your herds? Every creature in the forest is mine, the wild animals on all the mountains. I know every mountain bird by name. The scampering field mice are called my friends. If I get hungry, do you think I'll tell you? All creation and its bounty are mine. Do you think I feast on venison or drink droughts of goat's blood? What is he saying? He's saying he doesn't need your $50 we put in the offering. He doesn't necessarily need our $100. He doesn't necessarily need our uh, gifts that we bring all the time. We're supposed to do them, but what he's saying is he wants our hearts. He wants our praise. He wants us. He can get all the goats and lambs he wants. They belong to him. 
He can drink all the goat's blood he needs. Yeah. (laughs) But this is what he wants. The next verse. Spread for me a banquet of praise. Serve high God a feast of kept promises. And call for help when you're in trouble and I'll help you. And you'll honor me. Do you know what honors God? Him being able to honor you. That honors God. If He can honor you, He's honored. What parent is not honored when their child is honored? Parents in here, if your child is honored, are you honored? Well, do you not think our Father, our great Father is not honored when we're honored. He's greatly honored. It's the joy of his life to honor us. But we have to keep the promises that we make to him. We have to keep the promises that we've said we're going to do. I love you, Lord, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I love you, Lord. You're the most important thing to me. I'm going to serve you with all my heart. I'm going to... Is it just lip service or is it something that we've committed to him to do? He doesn't like just words. He wants us to keep our promises to him and to be us to be in the place that we are supposed to be doing what we're supposed to be doing for him. He doesn't ask a whole lot of us, but when we say, okay, we're going to read our chapter every day, we read our chapter every day. Or if we say we're going to come in here and praise when church is praising, then we're actually praising. We're not thinking about what we're going to do next week. He's not a hard God and he's not trying to keep anything from us. He's looking for ways to get it to us. That's what he's doing. It said, um, uh, we'll skip down to... um, Well, let's just keep reading. We'll read to the end. Next, God calls upon the wicked. What are you up to? Quoting my laws and talking to, uh, talking like you're my good friends. Uh, You never answer the door when I call. You treat my words like garbage. If you find a thief, you make him your buddy. Adulterers are your friends of choice. Your mouths drool with filth. Lying is a serious art form with you. You stab your brother in the back and rip off your little sister. I keep a quiet patience while you did these things. I kept a quiet patience while you did these things. You thought I went along with them, uh, with your game, and I'm calling you on the carpet now. Now lay down your wickedness uh, out in a plain sight. Uh, time's up for playing fast and loose with me. I'm ready to pass sentence, and there's no help in sight. The next verse. It's the praising life that honors me. As soon as you set your foot on the way... I will show you my salvation. Now, I just know in my heart that there's been people that have been crying out to God in the nighttime and in the daytime. God, help me. God, help me. I can't take this anymore. God, help me. Show me what to do. God, show me what to do. And that is what he is saying to us. He's saying, do what you promised. Keep your word to me and I can keep my word to you. He wants to be able to do it. But there are certain requirements that we have to do. We can't just live and be whoever we want to be. I told this first service, Keith said it way back in the 80s and he didn't remember saying it. But I found it in my old Bible as I was going through some things the other day. And it went right along with this. He said, holiness brings confidence. Confidence brings power. Now, I know there's a lot of talking about a lot of different things. But what you have to do is you have to check your heart. And when you do something that you know in your heart is not right, how much confidence do you have? How much confidence do you have to believe for that bill to be paid right after you messed up with something? 
Now you can you can believe lots of different things, but truly look at your heart. Ask yourself that question. You just stole fifty dollars from the petty cash drawer at work. Okay? And you have a thousand dollar bill due. How much confidence do you have in believing God to help you pay that thousand dollar bill if you just stole that fifty dollars? His grace is sufficient. Right? No, it's your heart that you have to look for for this confidence to stand firm and believe Him. It's your heart that you have to look for to be able to be bold in front of the devil and say, Get thee behind me, Satan. My Father supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory. It's your heart that you have to look to to say, My Father loves me and He'll take care of me and supply all my needs according to His riches. And if you can't look to your own heart, then you can't have any confidence. So that means we can't just go out and be like Samson and do whatever we want to do, no matter how much pressure the devil is putting on us to do. We have to do what God's called us to do and give him the honor that we know is due him. And if we do that, then he'll be able to be standing with us when any temptation or trial comes and holding us up to where we don't take the $50 out of the petty cash drawer. So that when that bill comes, we say, Devil, I gave my tithes, I sowed my offerings, my money's on the way. You get out of here, you don't have any place. And you can stand firm in believing for it. Because you know God is with you. God is looking for ways to get things to us. He's not holding them out from us. But we just kid ourselves and we play games with ourselves if we think that we can do whatever we want to do and it doesn't matter. If that was the case, then the whole world would be getting everything that they wanted. But there's supposed to be a difference between the church and the world. But that's why the church is not getting the results that it's supposed to get. Because it's not doing any different on a lot of things than what the world's doing. I like seeing different results. How about you? I think we should see different results. I think when we say something, it should happen. I think we should be able to use our words and say, body, just like Dave did just a few minutes ago, healed. Why can you have the confidence to do something like that? Because your words are important to you. You're not throwing them around and lying every other breath and saying things you shouldn't say every other breath. What we've come to is a society of people that don't trust their self anymore. They don't like their self anymore. It's not just that they don't like God anymore. That passed away a long time ago. Because they've decided that God is too high to attain to. So now they've even come to a point to where they don't like their self anymore and don't trust themselves anymore. But you know what? We are greater than that, guys. Because we have the greater one living on the inside of us. We have the greater one that helps us through everything that we need. And all we need do, it's really, really simple, is look to Him again. Take the time to take five minutes when you're reading your Bible and shut everything off. Honor Him enough to just... When you do that, you're going to find out real quickly that it makes a difference because you're actually honoring Him. And you're going to see that day He's going to honor you. And when you're here doing your praise and worship or any other time, take five minutes and honor Him and shut everything else off and honor Him. And he's going to honor you. And you're going to start finding out, man, I'm lifting my head just a little bit higher. My heart feels a little clearer. 
You should be able to stand before the Lord and everybody with your heart just wide open. And Him see it. But what's happened is people have lost confidence in themselves. They can't say anything because they don't trust their own words anymore. They can't say to this mountain, be thou removed. Because they just told lie to 26 different people along the way in the day. Don't, you shouldn't be just kicking yourself in the head and then in the tail. It's because we've not taken the time to honor God. So the devil is just right there to just dishonor us. It's an easy fix, guys. Easy, easy, easy fix. When you put your hand on this Bible, you do nothing else but put your hand on this Bible. And you honor it for the value that it is and the person behind it. When you put your hands up in the air to praise Him, you focus on Him. And you honor Him. And we're going to start seeing lives change in here. We're going to start seeing people change in here. The devil has hoodwinked us and he's lied to us. And he's taken all of our honor away from our own selves. People do not honor their own selves anymore. They dishonor their own bodies. They dishonor their own selves. They think they're valueless anymore. And they're not. It's a lie of the devil. God wants to honor you and show you how valuable you are. You are so valuable and precious to Him. And it's the devil's greatest joy to devalue you and de-honor you. But in order for us to get the honor that's due us, when you open this book, it's the most valuable thing you have. When you're listening to the Word or to a minister, you don't do this and do that and do this and do that. You focus on it. That's the greatest thing I've always loved about the Copelands. Have you ever noticed them? When they're, I don't care who's up there. I don't care how much maturity they have. I don't care if they're just reading a scripture. They're going to be doing this. And they're going to be honoring the word that they're reading. Well, where are they today? Is God honoring them? How many people are they ministering to around the globe? How many people's lives are they changing? Huh? Millions and millions and millions. That can happen for you. But it has to start with you. You have to value. I know I teach the youth. You know, or I did. Um, when we get the Bible out, and we're quoting the Word, nobody else is talking. The Word is talking. Amen. It's the most valuable thing that we have. That's God talking to us. And we shut up when God's talking. He deserves our honor, don't you think? And when he's talking, we should shut up. And that's what we should think when we're reading our chapter in the morning. God's talking. That phone doesn't matter. God's talking right now. Does he deserve our honor? I think so. God's about to have a sing. We got five minutes to do it without being interrupted? Mm, I think so. And if we do that, then we take the devil's hands off of us. And we begin to get some honor and respect within ourselves again. And he begins to lose a grip on us. And he begins to have to turn loose. And we begin to realize that our words are valuable again. And that we mean something to God. And that we're not just garbage and trash. That we're actually somebody of value. And we're actually somebody that God cares about and that He's honoring. Because when you step out of here and God says, You know, I saw you in the service today. You ministered to me the way you were smiling. He's going to honor you. He's going to honor you. Because He cannot lie. And he's going to say, you know what you did? That was a blessing to me. That gave me great joy because you did that. He's going to honor you. You know, your kids, they always bring me great joy. They always give me a hug. They're always a blessing to me. Always. And that's the truth. (laughs) That honors people. But God does that when we honor him. And he'll look for ways. He'll send people. Instead of sending that car that you just can't 
do without to the neighbors across the way. He'll send people across your path and things across your path to honor you. Your boss will say, good job. Good job. Your neighbor will come over and say, you know what? I don't know what you're doing, but your lawn just looks better than anybody's, Dave. (laughs) The whole subdivision, it just looks better than anybody's. I'm telling you what. He'll honor you. He'll find a way to honor you because you took the time to value him and honor him. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. You guys got something you can sing?